Escape from Plan A. It's uh, Friday evening. Uh, Mike and Steve are with me. As usual, it's an evening. We've got you guys have liquor poured. I don't. I'm dry uh, right now. You're dry right now. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm finishing off the the last bits of some miscellaneous things I have here. Well done. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Look, I got no agenda. Uh, World. The world is um, world events. There's world events. There's you turning forty, Mike. Uh, yeah. there's, uh, Steve, you're not long for this half of the planet. God willing, but yes, you're out of here. I think I'm pretty much out of here. Yeah. I think that's part of a trend. I think you're, you're, you, you're getting, you are probably in the early phase of a longer term trend. I think of people leaving America or uh, Canada in your case, but same, same yeah, deal. Same shit. Yeah. So, I will say congrats. I think it's a good I think it's a great move. Thank you. Thank you. I will uh Can we say it. where you're going? Uh let's let's save that for after. Can we say the continent? Uh it's on the other it's in the other hemisphere. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Only, only other... guys. <laughs> the most I'm willing to say is that it's in the other hemisphere of the planet. I'm very superstitious what, about this. I'm very what other continent would it be? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Greenland, guys. It's not Greenland. Okay. By the uh, way, Steve, I think you could turn your. If, do you have a gain on it? You're you're clipping a little bit. Am I? Am I? No, no, no. Oh, oh sorry, uh, Mike. Uh, I think you're uh, you're clipping a little bit. Oh, I'm clipping. Bit. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit, uh, but not bad. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think that's uh that's exciting stuff, man. You're and you're not the only person. I know uh John Peng, who's uh, who yeah. does. I just recorded a pod with him recently and he's he's on his way out of here too and uh um he sounds very similar to you like he's really worried that some snafu at the last second is gonna go wrong he's like you know he's like really nervous and he won't yeah jinx it so to speak yeah like you you get this sort of hypochondria to things i would would imagine that people overseas though are pretty stoked to have north americans you know americans and canadians with experience going over there to do stuff. I think so. Right. Like it, I think it's so. Yeah. There's, it's more of like a it's more of like a level peer to peer type of thing. It's not like you're you know. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I don't know. I don't know for sure. I, I I will say though, like I have been I've 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 told a few people close friends, close associates, whatever about what I'm planning to do. Uh, you know, some Asian people, some, some, some non-Asian people, uh, I have been really surprised at how everyone has really just understood, like from the get-go, like I say, you know, I say like two, three words, like, I'll just be like, Hey man, uh, uh, I mean, we're sitting down. I'm like, I want to leave the country. And he's like, yeah, I get it. Right. <laughs> people get it. People get it. Yeah. And I yep. can tell you, like, like I said, I think I think it's part it's gonna be part of a trend. I think so. And honestly, the pattern to me has been well, okay, so who have I told here? I I mean I've told two people who are like Slavic. <laughs> they both <laughs> got it. Um uh two black people, they both got it. A couple of one G Chinese, they've Jen, they've been a little bit more mixed. Some of them are more oblivious. One, uh, one Quebecois, and he's understood as well. One white guy, yeah. One Greek person, she's understood. Yeah, people, people by and large get it. The yeah, the the there's only a couple of people who have been like, and people I don't know that well who you know. One one guy was like, "Oh really? Well, well, at least as you know." It's it's so scary. Like as long as you just make sure you can get out, whenever you know, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you can get out and come back. <laughs> so he's a fucking idiot. I mean, is he like a typical shitlib sinophobe white guy? He's a very nice guy. He's like you know what? Here's the thing though: you're leaving America so, or Canada, so there's no reason to spare there's these fuck your, these fuckers' feelings anymore. I think I, look, this is what this is why people leave. I think it's not just it's it's isn't it part of just like this kind of 
cultural disgust. I don't know. I, I that's why oh. I know you know in part why John is leaving and and uh, just this feeling <laughs> of like God, I just need to get away from the 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 just the idiocy. Um, yeah, well, I, I feel like for Americans and Canadians, like in the past, a lot of people would go expat in like Germany or the UK or some other place in Western Europe. And that's looking like it's not really a good deal at this point either. So m- more people are either going to go to Asia or Southeast Asia or, you know, or just stay like they don't really have that mindset of like being an expat for financial reasons. Um, I think, I think people are probably going to end up going to places like um, maybe Dubai. Yeah. Um, I think more people are going to look into yeah. getting I'll, out of the quote West. The, the, the recent flare up has maybe put some damper on Dubai, but yeah, that's, that's been a thing. Like I know a couple people, I, I don't know anybody who's directly gone there, but I know people who have known people. Right, who have who, like close friends who have moved to the Middle East, generally Dubai. You were looking at that region too, right? I, I was. I, I was talking to a couple of funds. UAE and, as well. Yeah, they uh, called me, but nothing, nothing, nothing ever really panned out. And in retrospect, I'm like, good, because probably for the better. With the way that it worked out, or the way that you know, God willing, it is going to work out. I'm saying God willing as if I'm like religious. I'm actually In, not. Inshallah. Just be careful. If you're, if you're letting people know that you're not going to Abu Dhabi, you're going to get doxxed. They're I, narrowing I, it down, guys. We're down to like four people now. It's, it's not Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I will pray to any deity to make sure this gets done. <laughs> Wait, so how old are you now? We were just talking about birthdays oh, and stuff. I'm, uh, I am, I'm a couple of years back of you. So oh, okay. it won't be long before the big 4-0. I feel, yeah. I feel like... In my soul, I feel older than you, though. Yeah, could be. <laughs> could you? Could be. <laughs> I mean, I, I basically lived like a fucking twenty-something until like a year ago. The <laughs> twenties uh, are like that. Like some people hit thirty immediately, and some people just say twenty for the whole decade. And how is that... how how is turning forty? What's that like? Um, you kind of made it to forty without without um entangling yourself in all of like the middle-aged guy commitments yeah uh, so i I think i think better you would think that that's all for the better right uh, well i yeah like as of right now for for the better i don't know how the future is going to look but i think there was a a large component of self-sabotage uh to get me (laughs) to avoid to you know in order to avoid all that like marriage and kids and and all that stuff what does that mean self-sabotage i mean i like I mean, dude, I like, so the reason I'm not drinking is because I just, I was like drinking way too much, especially after I sold the company and didn't work for two years. Like it got. Yeah, I know. Got, when we were hanging out, we would go get a case in the morning and by evening it was gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a secret. Um, you know, it, it was, it was definitely just me. Like now, obviously when I wasn't working, that was just cranked to 11. But even when I was working, like, dude, I didn't, I didn't take relationships or anything like that seriously. Like what, you know, like at all. Um, I dated, I probably had like two, maybe three semi-serious relationships from the time I was 30 to 40. And they were just not, I, di- I didn't, I didn't take them seriously at all. It, and, and there was a huge component of self-sabotage and workaholism and all that stuff so did it ever cross your mind of like oh would i ever marry this person did that did that like ever cross your mind yeah but i mean it see the the thing is and like i don't want to sound like i'm complaining because i'm not like i'm i think i'm very kind of lucid about this stuff like these i i it the the topic kind of came up a couple times and i pretty quickly dismissed it um Mm. as just not viable with these particular people um and ultimately, uh, you know, the, the most serious one of the relationships that I had in my 30s, she ended up leaving me. So, you know, I mean, I wasn't like broken up about it or anything like emotionally, but like that's what happened. So it it definitely was a reflection on my attitudes towards the whole mm. idea of long term commitment and marriage and kids and all that stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, uh, turning 40 is kind of surreal. Um, cause like 40 is one of those age ages where you remember your, like when my, I remember when my dad was 40, 
you know? I think that's like very clearly. Um, so yeah, like that's when I was basically uh, around 10 years old, 10 to 12 years old. So like, I, re I remember when I was in fifth grade to seventh grade, like very, very clearly, like almost on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, it's a little weird thinking that <laughs> my dad at my age had a fucking 10 year old kid <laughs> running around. <laughs> you, you know, you know who you are. It's wild. You're, 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 uh, you're like Han Solo. You're running a business. You got a dog. Yeah, fond, that's right. Fond of cool, fast vehicles. Fond of fast vehicles. Fond yeah. of very fast vehicles. Very proud of the speed. <laughs> and no commitments. No commitments. The only Hopefully. thing that got... The cool thing about him, the arc of Han Solo, was that, you know, you're, you're like... Um, I, th I feel like if you're going to get into a serious relationship, it's going to be kind of like the first part of uh, Empire Strikes Back. You know, where... <laughs> She wants him to stay, the princess. Right. And then he's like, I'm not, this ain't my fight. Just give me my money. And me and my dog are out of here. <laughs> and then she's like, gives him the money. And she's just like, here, you fucking man whore. You know, he's like, good. Yeah. And he's out of there. But then he comes roaring back. You know, he's then, like, yeah, he can't, he comes he can't back. stay out of the fight. He's like, God damn it. I love that woman. <laughs> and the yeah. dog is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My dog is getting older too now. He's fucking... 11 years old, maybe 12. Nobody really knows. He's a rescue. So mm. everyone's getting older. But yeah, I don't know. If, if, if I were to describe it, it was is basically just surreal. And then at the same time, very, very normal because now I'm working again and I have like a weekly schedule and everything's just very, very normal. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I've been sober for like, I drank when I was in Rome. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like I didn't or, or give that impression, but you know, I haven't really had a drink since March. So, mm, you know, good. I've just been kind of like living my life very, very normal and boring. Straight and narrow, as they say. How's working now? Is it different than when you were working before? Um, yeah. So, um, I, haven't, I haven't been an IC, an individual contributor, for over, I mean, almost 15 years at this point. So, it, it, I do have a different perspective on like having a job and the job that I have right now is a 1099 contracting position and I'm doing it in parallel with starting a new company. So, um, yeah, we were briefly talking about this today. Like the, the roles are just completely different, right? Like as an IC, I'm basically just a, uh, I'm basically like a hired help and my opinions on bigger pictures on the bigger picture, like, like, yeah, they'll listen to me. And they'll take my input, but I, you know, it's not my decision. <laughs> like yeah. any of this, like none of this shit is really my decision. So you're literally hired help. Consulting yeah, exactly. is beautiful. Consulting is beautiful that way. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I get a fat check every two weeks. Exactly. So it's actually it's like great. the most clear relationship yeah. between you and work. Right. I think regular employment can just be the same. I don't really like, I know you've stressed this difference between contracting like W2 and 1099 work. Yeah. But I think the basic same the, this basic mindset to me guess, is the same. I've like, done both. On yeah, paper, so. I agree with you, but for whatever reason, like I've never really seen too many people in that kind of like W two, I guess, in, in the US T four here. Yeah. Um, like they all get too wrapped up in it, and it like as part of their identity. I just had this conversation with like two people at work over the last week, right? How 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 they they care so much about the organization when, <laughs> when it like, I can see the decay. I can see the infighting. I will tell you, there was a phase where I was, I was consulting temporarily. Um, and it was glorious. It was so glorious because I could just go in there and I get paid a flat rate every day. I, you, yeah. you want me to do some menial stuff, whatever you're paying me. Like, thousands of dollars to do this menial stuff. Yeah. Um, I see like people bickering. I don't care. I observe it. I see it from a third party perspective. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but I, I knew that if I was working there full time, I'd be like, no, I, I, I would get wrapped up into it. It would suck. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, at least in the US, it's it's a tax status, right? So I, I like it just because you get to yeah, write it. It's, 
it, yeah, everything's a write off. If I buy a new workstation or whatever, I can just write it off. And then, um, you know, some of my travel I can write off and then, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a formalization of a mindset Yeah, I think that so. I, I personally find helpful. Um, I think I, also I if you're, if you're like a, um, you know, if you have a, like a specific kind of skill set and mentality, i.e. like you don't really like managing people, but you have like, you're a good doer and almost like not irreplaceable, but you're like a high end doer and you just yeah. don't want to deal with the BS. It's like the perfect relationship, right? Is you're you're literally just a mercenary. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like it. I'm I'm doing that. I don't know the, the contract that I'm on goes till ostensibly the current contract goes till the end of the year, so that would be three months of work. But I mean, the way that these things work is they usually just you just roll it. They just roll, and then I think so. Usually, usually they want you to stay on a little longer, if. Uh, if you're good. And I mean, I think the, I think the key, it seems to, I've, I've, since I've done both, I think the key difference is that, which is, I guess kind of describes my current position now, is that as a consultant, like you don't, you're not really in the, you're not really in the uh, promotion game. Yeah. Like you're, you exist kind of outside of the hierarchy, the hierarchy. Yeah. I mean, you're in the hierarchy. You are a servant to someone. But you're not. That's not your family, so to speak. You are out. You are clearly outside help. Yeah. And yeah. my current job, I I am a direct employee. I'm a full. I'm a regular employee, permanent employee. But I can't be promoted. I'm. I'm. I'm you know. The, you can't the term, be? I cannot be promoted. Right. Why, so why not? like, is it just like a thing at the firm or what? Yeah. I'm, my the agreement was that I would not be considered for partnership ever. Oh, um, interesting. Okay, and I, and I said good because I don't want to be a partner. Okay, yeah, yeah. That but actually simplifies it. Okay, that that's actually kind of perfect. Yeah, it is perfect, and uh, I don't have to demonstrate being partnership material. All yeah. I have to do is demonstrate being material of the job that I'm in. Whereas yeah. I think if you want to, if you're in a situation where you're in the promotion game, you've always got to do above and beyond what your current responsibilities are because the name of the game is to go up. Yeah, it's up or out. Right? Up or out. And I'm like, dude, why can't I just have stability where I'm like, this is my job. I come in every day and I just do it. Can't I just have a job? (laughs) Can I just have a job? Yeah. Like why? Like they're like, hey, what do you want to be in five years? I'd be like, right here. I don't. Right here. Right here. Hopefully, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of. I think it simplifies right now for me. And because I'm like, I think it's harder if I was younger to take this position because when you're younger, well, you, need you don't want to be told that you're going to be stuck right? in this forever. You're like, I want, yeah. of course, I want a path yeah. up. You know, I don't, you know. But now I'm like 45. I have no. I realize what my priorities are, and it's certainly not to become a fucking law firm partner. Yeah. Never cared about that. Not at all. Going to the office, going, oh yeah, I really wish I was on the partnership track. No, uh-huh. don't care. Um, yeah, from the outside looking in, law partner seems like one of the worst. Absolutely, <laughs> but you're you're in the yeah. perfect position for that, though, right? Because also, I think that there's two elements. Like, a, you are at a stage of your career where you have plenty of experience that is expensive to train and replace, right? Yeah, that's yours forever. You can't, you can't do that at age 23 because you're just like you're too dumb, right? Yeah. Do it yeah, the experience you have the experience, but you also have a capital cushion, and there's just a bunch. I mean, it's just no, a better situation. This is, this is middle age privilege. But yeah. the, the, the second thing is that you are actually in a a non bull like maybe it's a bullshit field, but it's a non bullshit job. <laughs> no, it's a bullshit job. No, no, no. But like within, like my my point is within the pantheon of the firm, within the, within the firm itself. Okay. Ge- yes, that's true. I generate. I generate. Generate money, something, something, right? Yeah, yeah. My job. My job is actually an email job. <laughs> right like nobody's gonna what do you pay think content. i do yeah i know but like this contents of you okay i guess technically it's the contents of my emails that matter too but like i, I just feel i don't know you you're doing you're doing lawyerly things you're doing doc review there's like there's there's things and mike is like writing code or or some shit i'm 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 subtly yelling at people yeah That's right now i'm doing uh so I'm working with programmable logic controllers, which are basically factory oh, automation devices. Yeah, so it's I'm not I'm not programming them directly, but I'm integrating them into a larger ecosystem of oh, software. That's cool. That's cool. So that it's, cool it's something new and interesting that's and like very much more real world than like stupid 
shit on the internet, basically. Yeah. Which I've done plenty of and don't need to do any more of. Um, but yeah, like obviously having a capital cushion and like I already bought my place and you know, all that, all that shit is hugely important to mindset and you know, I'm also starting. Oh yeah. So also, uh, October was a big month. So like I, I started working in earnest and then also our, my business also signed our first customer. Congrats. So that, you know, within a year or thank you. Thanks. Uh, within a year or two, I should be, um, working full time on that as well. So, so it's, it's very much like, it's not just bound by what I do at work. It's also bound by like time, like a, there's, there's definitely a time limit that I'm willing to spend on working for somebody else, mm. you know, but it's like, I could potentially make, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in the next year. How like, long do you think you're going to be working for in your life? In my life? Oh, well, the goal is to retire off of this next, whatever, like whatever happens with this next company, either save enough over the years to retire or sell it and retire at some point. So this is like a, like five to eight year sprint. Yeah. I want to, I want to be done working before I'm 50 for sure. Yeah. Like there's no fucking way I'm going to work past 50. Like there's just no way I, I can't like, what do you expect you're going to be doing after 50? Yeah. That's a good, because you got a lot of years left after. Yeah. That. Well, yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, you stopped drinking. So clearly you want to live longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't want to die before i'm 50 that's that's exactly. for sure um yeah so uh do do like i don't know do like a smaller scale business not like a services oriented business or or a tech products business like i've done before in the past maybe do like a i don't know just something more of like a hobby turned business but not not in any kind of Without aggressive. any like money pressure, you're just like if it works. Yeah, without money pressure. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make enough to like pay my daily, my day to day bills, and then that's it. Whereas right now, I'm like I'm still in the like gathering capital. Yeah, capital. That sounds like yeah. your post work plans are to work, but not as. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't just do not like do nothing. Even even when you actually retire, you can't literally do nothing. It's right? probably good that way, B. Right? Because like if you if you go from hard working to like quitting cold turkey. It's probably gonna screw you up somehow. Yeah, my either my brain or my body is just gonna give up or something. So it's, I mean, I came pretty close to that. Yeah, you know? go back to all the drinking. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close to just saying fuck it. <laughs> what was with all the drinking? What was that about? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean, I've obviously had some time to think about it. Like, I don't, I don't have any childhood trauma or anything like that. I just. I just really, really like to drink. It's like super fun to me. And I've been reading about it. To be a little bit. I love this. This is like the most basic ass, but honest answer. I just, yeah, I just fucking love drinking. Yeah. I remember like you would pace yourself throughout the day. So it was like, um, it was like that real healthy drinking. It wasn't like, dude, tonight we're going to get fucked up. It was like, I'm just constantly fucked up throughout the day. But I like, like, like a, like a, I'm buzzed. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. So, like in Boston, that was uh, what was that? Two, not this summer, but last summer, right? Summer before, yeah. Was right, you, yeah. A year and a half. In Ch- right. So, so I had literally just sold the company, and yeah. So I was like, I wasn't shit faced all day, but I was definitely no, just you like were, I, you were not drunk. Yeah. Right. You were just, <laughs> you, were just <laughs> you were just drinking. I didn't even notice that if it wasn't for me actually watching you drink. Beers, beers all day. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed you were even drinking. <laughs> right, like so, I would wake up at like eight or nine, and then you know do regular morning stuff for like an hour or two, and then just pop a beer at ten o'clock yeah. and just oh, continue. That's little, that's, yeah, that's a little early, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty it, early. It was a drip feed all day. You should see, like, probably when you had to take the recycling out, it, it was probably like the loudest it, fucking bag ever. <laughs> yeah, so I called my buddy who owns that apartment, and I was like, "Hey, what do I do with all these beer bottles and stuff?" Like there, there's bins in the alley. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Those are for the restaurant. What you do is you just put it just on the curb. I'm like, what? Like literally just on the curb, like the curb curb? He's like, yeah. yeah just yeah, He's like, why? How much are you drinking, dude? <laughs> <laughs> 120, like, 120 pounds of glass. Yeah, I was like, uh, I've got like a couple cases of beer to get rid of here. And my, you know, my buddy Alex that you met 
yeah. mm-hmm. he he was going he was going through the divorce at the time. So he was also just remember. did not give did not give a fuck. He <laughs> was no. just drinking all day too. <laughs> no. uh, anyway, so yeah, we we stacked like I don't know. It was I mean, this was like a week of drinking, right? So we stacked like a, a fucking hundred beer bottles on the curb, <laughs> just left it there. And I'm oh, like, are you sure? Sh- I took a picture of it and I sent it to him. I'm like, are you sure this is okay, dude? Was this it's just like, like a nice no, part I'm of Boston? Not. I've never seen that. <laughs> how many? How many? How many people was this? Uh, so it was my buddy Steve uh, has an apartment uh, on the Boston Common. Okay, and it's a Be- super nice, beautiful like, apartment. Beautiful apartment, like legit nice apartment. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, I was staying there for a week. And then we were going to go to his house on Cape Cod. Like Frazier. Yeah, dude. It, <laughs> like if Frazier lived in, stayed in Boston, he'd be It's like, like a fucking nightmare. absurd apartment, like right on the common with a view and everything. It's it crazy. Awesome. It's the Central um, anyway, Park so, of Boston. Yeah, the Central Park of Boston. So um, so uh, I was going to just hang out there for a week, and I told Team to come uh, yeah, come yeah. up from New York, and, and he did. Yeah. But um, unexpectedly, my buddy uh, Alex, was who had just – uh, apparently proceeded with his uh, started with his divorce proceedings or procedure or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. He was like, Hey, I'm going to be there too. I'm like, Oh, cool. And then when he got there, he was like, yeah, I'm getting divorced. I'm like, Oh shit. Uh, well, that's so we kind of, we kind of just hung out for a week and then we went to, yeah, we went to um, my buddy, Steve's the guy who owns the apartment or rents the apartment. Uh, he has an actual house in Cape Cod and we went out there and we did uh What's the island out there? Nantucket. We did Nantucket for a couple nights, and it was pretty intense. You pretty do the lobster time. bake? The, no, I don't think so. I ate a lot of lobster, but we didn't we didn't Good do enough. any cooking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that was that was. Uh, I don't know what we were talking about. But what are we gonna do? Oh yeah. So I mean, dude, like after like, after my is about when I want to hang it up as well. Yeah, like after Honestly, my dad dude, retired, events. I'm like, I don't know if I'm even gonna make it. Like, if there's gonna be much to do, like, I think there's a mega recession coming, guys. There, yeah, I mean, there I might it's be. Gonna be huge. I mean, they're either going to that's either gonna happen or they're gonna print their way out of it, and this whole cycle will repeat one more time. Right? That's essentially. Like, like, like I don't think. Harder. I don't think that's harder on both sides. Right. What's that? If they like, it could go. The extremes will just be more extreme on both sides. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. It, horrifying recession and then like horrifying inflation. Right. Well, like I said, I don't really think it's about inflation, but yeah. 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 Which is why it's I don't think gonna, I don't I mean, think they, I don't, I don't like think they necessarily are going to be that quick to pull us out if things go harder, you know, fall harder than we think. Well, let's get you. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think that's that why you're still, get a they, they've said over and over, we're not gonna. This is this is it. There will we be are something. in a higher rate permanent environment. Yes, and we're gonna learn. The, it's like, dude, maybe you have to learn the hard way that we mean what we say. We're not gonna bail you out. So you, know, you think well, this is it? They're just putting their foot down. I do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But like, I, I, right. I think I'm, I'm leaving that as a real possibility that. That they're that I mean we've talked about every time we get to, we, we I don't want to spend too too much time on this but I do I, I do think that they are willing to see a harder landing than look at so what's going you, on around the world our government is willing to go a lot harder than the people are willing to go yeah that's true that is true so the, our, we have a scary government guys they're not fucking around. Uh, I think we've gotten to, I think they're like, guys, are, the people have gotten too used to the idea that we're just fucking around. So maybe we've got to the teach people, them a lesson. The people have become decadent. And the people have to, become decadent. Yeah. And you're seeing that. The, a lot of the things that they're doing right now on foreign policy, I didn't think would be possible. I didn't think that they could go this far. I was. They are. Yeah, I, I have been really surprised. It's shocking. Around. I, I, you know, they're, they're actually kind of on that. There's some folks who, let's say, were previously, you know, when I had these kinds of conversations with them, very shit Libby, who have come yeah. to me and said, like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, so lately I've realized with this whole Israel-Palestine thing that shit's kind of weird. I don't know what to think anymore. Who do I trust? What do I, you know, what media? Can't trust anyone. Yeah. Like they're, 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 you know, this, this kind of like, 
like, look, I'm sure all of us at some point in, in the last 10 ish years have gone from a kind of reasonable level of trust in the mainstream media to like zero. Zero. Right? And oh. they are, they are I, I assume that they're actively bullshitting. Me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's basically negative at this point. Right. And like these people, I can see these people going through this now and, and people are like, I, and, and you know, this person was literally like, I don't know what to do right now. Like, like their, their, their entire brain was melted. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is like, at least in the U S like we've had 20 plus years of war and shootings, mass shootings. Yeah. This, this, so like, this main, I'm just, this guy in Maine, did they get that guy? Yeah. He's dead. Oh. So who knows oh. how that happened, but he's Good. dead. They found him dead. Well, the mystery will be unsolved then. It was so sad, dude. That was almost like a return to regular programming yeah. for, for about a day and a half. We're in, never going to yeah, talk the, about it again. In yeah. the middle of the yeah. Israel shit. It, it was almost comforting. It's kind I, of, I, mean, <laughs> I know that's sick, but it's, it's almost like, oh, page. yeah, we're back to just regular America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be off the page instantly. So. That's, I, I mean, I, I really kind of, dude, I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, mean, I, I, I think that we're at a point. I see. I have this theory where, like, the world gets to a point where the future actually becomes indeterminate. Like, when things are pretty stable, like it's pretty clear what the next day is going to be. You know, it's like it's pretty, pretty fucking obvious what's going to happen. Yeah. And then you get to a point where there's true instability, where you really don't know. And I, I've noticed that, like, the media, which is typically super confident in what they think is going to happen about everything. It's like even the media commentators are like, yeah, I don't know. No one's really, no one's being, um, and I'm talking about the economy as well. Mm. Uh, not just for, uh, not just foreign affairs. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the media, which generally likes to have this, you know, really deep confidence going, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is what, They don't, they're not, they're so noncommittal right now. I think we're genuinely getting to a point where, Nobody knows what's going to happen. It, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, like highly the, unpredictable. Like the distribution of outcomes is just widening. It's extraordinarily wide. Yeah. Like as like day by day, it's getting wider and wider and wider, right? Yeah. Like you as, don't know. It's getting wider as is like the ability to predict um, like, like twists and turns, which are coming yeah. fast and free. Like every day there's a new twist. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I almost so, wonder is is it like if we were to ask somebody who you know grew up in the nineties, but in you know, it's like same age as us, but grew up in I don't know, like Southeast Asia or Eastern Europe or, or like somewhere else or South America or whatever, right? Did they have the same sense or kind of was North American nineties really the exception and we are just being dragged back to reality. I like that's, that's kind of the thing that I vaguely pondered. Wait, was it the same as what, what are you talking about? When, when you say, well, I mean like do what, what, if you ask somebody who grew up in like Indonesia or Brazil or, or Serbia or like, I don't know, uh, Ghana. Right. But is the same age as us and said, Hey, have you noticed that like shit's gone completely off the rails compared to the good old nineties? You know, would they have the same? Would they? Would they kind of be like, "Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw the same thing in my country." Or would they be like, "What the hell are you do? What the, what the hell are you smoking, dude? You, you guys are just, you guys are just dumb shit Americans." Yeah. So we definitely. I mean, the '90s were so obviously a peace dividend in the U.S. from the end of the cold, you know, the quote unquote end of the Cold War. Whether or not that actually ended is up for debate now. But yeah, I, I like. I don't. I don't think so because like. There was conflict all over the place in the nineties, even in Europe, even in Europe, right? I, like, you know, I, I don't think for me it's just about whether the economy is going to go bad or whether we're going to die in a nuclear war or whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's not really my fear. My fear is that um, there's like a major psychological and cultural shift going on, and I think that might be unique to us, yeah. which is this gnawing realization that like a lot of things that we thought were true are not true that i believe and that is a that very is. scary thing because yeah. i've been seeing yeah. these images you know these these the these um pretty open and you know it's that meme are we the baddies like i see i'm like jesus christ we're just openly evil 
you know, or, or I see things where like, oh my God, I think they're going to crash the economy. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, but you're also saying like, it's not just you, teen, right? Like, no, it's not just me. People. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Right? I think the best um, description um, that aligns with, with, of the times, right? The best description of the times aligns, that aligns most closely with how I actually feel is uh, Adam Curtis's idea of hypernormalization, which he borrowed from a Soviet writer mm. who was writing about the experience of being a Soviet citizen in the terminal stages of the Soviet empire, of the mm. USSR. Mm. And he said that, the, the, the Soviet writer said, it's what he called hyper, it, it was hypernormalization, meaning that every single person knew that everything was going wrong. Everyone knew that everything was not normal, but there was nothing you could do because there was no alternative. There was no viable alternative to just going about carrying as on as usual, and so they just they just carried on as usual. And right. so nobody was acting really shocked, even though no one was behaving shocked, even though it was so clear that things were going really, really wrong. And that's how I feel as an American. It's like this double. It's like this two two mentalities kind of all at once, which is like one, which is like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? And then the other one going like, today is just exactly like yesterday. <laughs> I mean, what, what difference does it make? Like, this is like resignation to fate almost, right? Like, yeah, it's a bit like resignation to fate. Um, yeah. And you know, it's not like they had a really strong idea of what was going wrong. They just knew that things weren't Something right. Was, I, I, I was like, I get the same, I get the same feel, the exact same feeling in Canada. Right, which is really like it shouldn't be surprising. Like I think people, other than other than we have fewer shootings, it's kind of the same. Here. Yeah, and and like Mike, I don't know how you feel, but like I feel like things fundamentally haven't changed, but it's just like things are going a little bit stale. Like upward trajectory has stopped. Yeah, That's I think I feel like people just don't have energy anymore. I've been saying like I've seen I'm seeing signs of mass exhaustion. Um, my office, for example, like nobody's there. Like we've returned to the office like ages ago. Nobody's there. Hmm. Nobody comes in. Interesting. Uh, it's never, but they, but they haven't busy. been mandated to, right? They've mandated it. I've been mandated to go back. I do go oh, back. Really? But no, so go back, and no, a lot of people don't go. Oh, <laughs> no shit. Okay. It's like, what the fuck are you gonna do? I don't mind because my yeah, commute's this, super easy. So I can see, you know, I, I'm sure if your commute sucks ass, you know, it's a real pain. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So I just pop yeah, in. Yeah. I don't care. I like going. But the company I'm working there. for now, well, the company I'm working for now is 100% remote. So I just go to a WeWork down the street. So are they still in business? Yeah, they're still in business. I mean, apparently they're trying to consolidate their leases and cancel poorly performing locations, but. Like just to give you an idea of how absurd it is, in downtown Santa Monica, there's three WeWork locations within <laughs> within like a quarter mile of each other, and they're it's not just, all full. It's much <laughs> like a zero. How many of these things are like zero interest rate phenomena? Yeah, it's fucking stupid. So right? much all like of a that, bunch man. of it's all so a bunch stupid. of like bullshit startups being funded by zero interest rate fueled crackhead VCs. Yeah. Who are attending these WeWorks and like buying Squarespace and shit? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the money came from pensions and yeah, endowments because <laughs> there was nothing else to do with the money. <laughs> it is, anyways. Someday we'll talk about private equity and pensions, but that's another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like the finance just feels dead, man. It's it just feels like I I feel like it's 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 um. Like big picture, you know, I feel like it's just, there's nothing new under the sun. It's a lot of recycling your own shit. It is. It's, um, you know, private equity is like sort of like a, like a end stage vulture type capitalism. It's not like, you know, you're not creating anything new. There's no, there's very little IPO activity. VC activity is off a cliff. Yeah. It's, you know, a it's lot of kind it is bullshit of, anyway. It's kind of like a, like a cleanup job almost. It is like a, a mid, like a mid cycle yeah. cleanup job or this, whatever. This this mid cycle, like I mean, the cleanup has been interrupted a little bit by generative AI. 
which has given new life to a lot of things. No, that generative AI was like one hit of no, fucking. I, look, I, I agree. Look, I agree with you. I'm just saying that, like, from a from a market performance perspective, if it's given it new life, I think it is ultimately gonna. Like, I think the cleanup's gonna resume. That was a shot of adrenaline. It was. It was. It would, yeah, it was like sticking the paddles onto the chest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a big shot. It was a big shot. I think it's gonna disappoint, but that's just me. Let's not pretend it's really that big a deal. I, I think they're hyping this AI shit to the to the tits, and I'm like, dude, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, it's it's like every other tech cycle, you know, whether it's yeah, cloud computing it's or e-commerce or you know, the internet. I, I just think the that the, the the this the world framing that Silicon Valley does is is so fucking yeah, bullshit, and they it's all so it's all driven ass. by it's all driven by. Yeah, you know, um, the sort of like speculative futurist fantasy of venture capitalism, which is all about selling the vision of the future, and so they're always great at their world. They're sci-fi writers, right? Yeah. They're, they're writing a sci-fi story that they that they're saying that they can bring to life, and that you know they they and they claim victory just by you know just by signing a deal to finance a venture yeah. like Neuralink or whatever to you know to to pursue this. Um, and I think a lot of, I think so much of it is, is bullshit. Um, you know, but, but, and then they'll claim like that's part of the process because 90%, 95% of it can go bad. They just need to hit that one, the next Google, which they've been saying for ever since Google. 20 years. <laughs> I mean, okay. Where, where, where was the next one? I don't know. Um, these guys all think they're superstars though. Uh, once you perform a miracle, man, you're a prophet for life. I mean that's that's uh, now they think like I don't know I like I, I'm I'm very annoyed I guess is a pet peeve of mine by sort of tech moguls commentating on everything as if oh, everything they're so is, and, it's, and they're it's, always it's, like you know and they're always like talking down to other people shits. like you've never built a company with your hands I'm like you're a venture capitalist yeah, you never either like, what are you talking about you just invest <laughs> you got a fucking Squarespace thing and link together a few random. What did Chamath ever do other than these? Yeah, actually, how is how is Chamath rich? How do you get rich? Facebook. Facebook initially, and then he did some fucking SPAC bullshit. Oh, I actually met the guy once. He seems like a bit of a dude. Yeah, he did. He did. He got rich off Facebook, and then rolled that into a venture fund. Yeah, and yeah. then financed some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you were a well-connected finance guy in Silicon Valley, I'm not saying these guys aren't smart. They're very smart. They're very smart. good at poker. They're very good at this game. Um, but they just, you know, it just, they just think like, yeah, they, they've, 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 because they've, they, they knocked it out of the park in this, in this grift that that lends them this like extra sensory perception in all domains. Yeah. It's like, like, I want to hear, I want to hear like Shamath's peace plan for the Middle East. Like that is like this kind and of shit. It's all shit. It's pure shit lib. Um, I mean, Shamath is shit lib. I mean, David Sachs is okay. Uh, Shamath is Canadian. All, all, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> all, all the most ambitious Canadians end up in the U.S. Yeah, they're all shit. <laughs> Canadian, I told you this. Hey, he was a don't hate on Celine Dion and Justin Bieber. <laughs> you know, you know what the mark of a liberal shitlib is? They're self-hating, um, and Canada is like even more self-hating than the Canada United is self-hating. Yeah, Canada is very self-hating. <laughs> I rag on Canada all the time. American liberals are self-hating, but like MAGA Americans are not. That's true. <laughs> By the way, I'm MAGA now. Are you MAGA? Yeah. I'm voting for Trump. Are you voting? Yeah. I, I, that doesn't surprise me. And I, I actually, I, I don't blame you at I all. I encourage people to do the same, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue. I mean, with what if it, what if, what if there's like a surprise nominee on the, on the Democrat side though? Uh, I highly doubt that there's anybody on the Democratic side that would sway my mind. Because I mean, the, push... the Democrats are completely... They have to push out the existing machinery that keeps Biden in place, right? Which is just impossible. impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. They're it's like Hillary. I mean, the Democratic Party is just completely... Because the Democratic Party has to protect itself from the left flank. Yeah. And that's super easy to do in America. Because the left is even... There's no left in America. Yeah, They've the far been, left is a bunch of weaklings. Far, yeah. the, the farther out left you go, the more you just get you know these pathetic people. Uh, and then on, but the Republican Party has a much harder job. They've got to protect on the right flank, and yeah. those motherfuckers have guns. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and you know, and they believe anything. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, more devoted. Just tell them whatever story. They're like, 
as long as that story is enough to get me out of my truck and with my gun, I'm ready to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, how do you contain that? You know, yeah. they're they're more committed. They're more committed. They're more dedicated. Yeah, and I I so I I I think that Trump undoubtedly would have been the better president because Biden has we're now into two wars, and yes, yeah he. That's fucking bizarre. That's crazy. And huge. And these are, you know, honestly, these make Iraq and Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a small, very small scale war compared to Ukraine. Yeah, it was all like special ops. and Yeah. It was a very low intensity war. I mean, you know, you might have like a couple casualties a month. And that was seen as bad. Uh, Very, very low intensity war. And he, and he, and he fucked it up. Like, like pulling out of that was just like, I mean, it was like the worst fucking executed thing ever. It was pretty bad. And then it immediately fell to the Taliban. I mean, everything, it was just 20 years of complete waste down the tube. Uh, but instead of starting over and saying, Hey, build back better. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to focus on us now. We're going to, no, we had a fucking pandemic. After the pandemic, we were supposed to have a talk about how we were going to fix our fucking healthcare system because it was a total failure. But instead of that, we got ourselves into two wars. And now we're talking about whether those are going to add up to World War III. Yeah, no, thank you. Trump, at least, is willing to talk face-to-face all the time. With anybody. With, with anybody, including Putin, which yeah. is exactly who yeah. he should have been talking to. Exactly. That's fair. That's- but he doesn't. He won't talk to anyone. And guess what? The rest of the world doesn't want to talk to him or his team because they're all shit libs. They're all bullshit. They don't, they don't say what they mean, and they don't. I mean what they said they don't know anything. Yeah, especially this guy Blinken. Like Blinken you don't a, he's a Yeah, you don't get woman. the you don't get the you don't get a very good feeling from him watching him interact with the rest of the world or or doesn't address him. Like doesn't he seem like he's too small for the office? Like he's he doesn't he seem like sort of a <laughs> veep like a vice president in a he like doesn't, in a bank kind of guy? He doesn't I mean he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. You know. Yeah. Like he's not a very savvy person. Like, I bet I could do a better job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like no shit. Like I probably could. I think he's like, you know, he doesn't know how to, t- he doesn't know what motivates people. He doesn't know how to like cajole and charm and bait and threaten. He doesn't know any of this. So he's just like rules-based international order. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to talk like Obama, but I'm white, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to talk like a black guy. Yeah, like like when he talks, it, you don't really get the sense that he he understands what his goals are. You know, he's, like he's, he, he's a mid level employee. That he's yeah, he's a, like a middle man. He's like a middle manager that's Secretary of State. Did you see that photo or whatever world, the fuck is world? The first time the world ever saw Blinken. Do you know what photo it was? Well, no, it was the famous Situation Room photo. Where they were, uh, Hillary Clinton was there. She was Secretary of State. Obama oh. was there. Biden was Osama. there. A while ago, Gates was there. They were watching the live feed of yeah. the assassination of uh, Bin Laden. Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. yeah, all the way in the back of the room, half his wallflower. Face, yeah, and, you know, like this, <laughs> Lincoln. He's like that middle manager guy who somehow got into the most important or the most like inner in the loop photo of all time. He's like weaseled his way in there. And now he's Secretary of State, and he's still the same little weasel. Yeah. This is actually, like, okay, think about that. They're sitting around watching a live feed from thousands of miles away on a special ops guy's, like, off a camera from a special ops guy's chest with the assassination of bin Laden or the the ultimate takedown of bin Laden. Like, that's going to, like, even, okay, look, and and he thinks, oh, I, he thinks to himself, I am a part of this administration. I'm a part of that. <laughs> yes, I'm part of this. Firstly, objectively speaking, that's a shit ton of power. Like, holy shit, right? But this is a guy who grew up in that era, and that's all he knows. Why wouldn't he put himself above everybody else? Why does he have to deal with everybody else on the same level? No, he doesn't. He gives orders. Yeah. He gives commandments, really. Yeah, yeah the, the rest of the world is just tired of that shit. I, I mean, so. the U.S. just burned all the goodwill that it had after 9-11, you know, this like they the, just vaporized 9/11, it. 9-11, a lot of Muslim countries were expressed, at least officially expressed deep sympathy to America. Most of the world was aligned with America, even if they didn't necessarily like us, even if they didn't necessarily trust us, they still sent, 
you know, they still sided with us. Yeah, we had we had enough goodwill that they that they were like, okay, well, guys. Yeah, yeah. Remember at that at that time, the rest of the world was also being terrorized by terrorists, right? So, like they they were like Russia the, was Russia was one hundred percent like, hey, we yeah. you guys can use our bases. We will, you know, we were using Russian Air Force bases uh, to stage our invasion of uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, you know. Um, and Putin at that time was still kind of like, hey, uh, yeah, we're ready to play ball with the West. He was you know? ready to, yeah, I think he was ready to. Yeah, yeah. To I, mean, I think everybody partner. saw that and was like, okay, this is not right. Well, since that time, yeah. this this is all I've seen under, I mean, it started under Trump, but I think it got really bad under Biden. These are the two things happened. One is because of our own stupid partisan bickering, we made a we made a uh, enemy state enemy out of Russia and China at the same time. And now they're allied, like the strongest alliance they've ever had after 45 years of divorce. They are now aligned and specifically to counter the United States. And I don't think that alliance is going to break anytime soon. That does not seem like a weak alliance to me at all, even though the shit libs are going to insist that, you know, it's just whatever. Well, yeah, one, one has all the energy... Right. One has all the na- natural resources, and then the other one has all the manufacturing. Yeah. And one of one of them is a is not afraid to fight on the battlefield. Yeah. Like They're, basically, honestly, if you like, on somewhat on paper, if you put Russia and China together, they could fight a war like infinitely. Right. Yeah. Like basically infinitely. Yeah. They have the NATO, of NATO, like we're too pussy to like put our troops on the ground, whereas Russia's not. Like, how battle hardened now is Russia? Versus Amer- like NATO troops or American yeah. troops, yeah. forget it. Yeah. People don't even talk about Ukraine anymore. It's amazing, isn't it? It's over. Truly amazing. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how fast that just dropped off of the radar. <laughs> but it's still going. It's not like that, you know. Yeah, it's still happening. Over. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like a layering of crises after crises, and now that's just the war side of things. But think about the economic side of things and, and, and everything. And I'm like, guys, I, I really don't think that the future of America is known at this point. It's not going to look like the next five years is not going to look anything like the past five years. And the past five years were already fucking crazy enough, guys. You know? You ever wonder, like, if you go back to 2016 or you forget about 16, right? You go about like 2015 or something like that. And you tell, you tell somebody there like, oh, yeah, by 2023, what's going to happen? They, they, they would think you're a complete moron. Or just like complete, completely out to lunch, right? Yeah, we're gonna have a massive global pandemic. Yeah, we're gonna have Russia is gonna invade Ukraine. U.S. is gonna sanction Russia. U.S. is on the brink of war with China. Israel is is going to is gonna roll into Gaza. Trump is Trump came and went. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. national debt is thirty two trillion. Yeah. Wait till yeah, next I've been I've been I, looking I at the uh, is going to be the year, the year, excuse me, the year of true fuckery. I mean, I I think next year is gearing up to yeah. just be election year, all out. In, in, oh, it's going to yeah. be insane. It's going to be insane. Depression, uh, fucking election. Trump is bad. You know, I mean, it's going to be like total fucking insanity. And guys, like the campus violence, like we thought the BLM stuff. I think that this the Israel thing is. It makes Ukraine honestly seem like peanuts Come in terms of like the internal reaction. Yeah. The, the, because I, you know what? That's probably, that's probably the bigger thing. Like the, the internal discord has been really insane, dude. Insane. Dude, the way that like the way that employees have basically been told if you oppose, if you say anything out of line in terms of our allegiance to uh, Israel, yeah, we're going to fire that's, you. That's been shocking. That's, that's sh- shocking, guys. Truly shocking. And like, have you ever legal? heard that before? And no yeah. one's speaking yeah. up about this? Is this, is this not, is, no is, one says anything about this? have like some kind of constitutional. No liberal, no liberal <laughs> newspaper has written an op-ed in a, opposition to the fact that companies are firing people because they don't support Israel. Yeah, this is like the other side of the coin where people are getting fired or canceled in like the 2018 19 time frame but 
Or it's not they, exactly on the other political side of the spectrum, but it's just a, like a reflection. But, but what were they getting canceled for then? I don't know, saying shit on social media or whatever. Cancel culture? This is yeah. beyond cancel culture. I mean, this is unrelated to that. I think this is... This, 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 is, this does feel harder. This does feel harder. The thing with cancel culture, the reason that's different is because they... Cancel culture, I think, was runaway liberal culture. Liberal culture yeah. being, you know, the bullshit... Um, you know, sort of HR driven values or academia driven values and stuff. And it's like not, you know, it's they're bromides. You know what I mean? They're not multiculturalism, you know, LGBTQ friendly. The concepts, they're, they're concepts. There's no hard, you know, whatever. And I think that it was a runaway thing where like that they were people were, I guess, like over committing to some of that stuff. And they were using that. They were weaponizing it. But this is like just a total rejection of liberal values altogether where they're like, yeah, um, sus- all liberal values are suspended until further notice when it comes to this thing. And I'm like, what? Mm. Free speech. What are you talking about? We're talking about Israel, man. Dude, you can't talk about that. You know? Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's not exactly uh... – the other end of the political spectrum, but it's kind of like an inversion of cancel culture where it's, it's bigger and it's like inverted almost. I think, I, I think know. of it, this I don't way, know if that man. makes sense or not. I think that the United States is a, is a terminator, right? Like it's, <laughs> a, it's a cybernetic organism that appears to be human. And in fact, has a chat GPT-like function where it can actually converse as if it were human, almost. Um, but if something happens, like some, tr- you know, some, um, there's some sort of uh, major traumatic event, like you know what happened in Israel. It's like that part where, like you, you know, the, the half of the face comes off. <laughs> or like he rips his hand off. Yeah, and you're like, oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> the fuck is that? It's still kind of talking, right? You know, and you're like, wait, did, I've been talking to a fucking machine the entire time. This thing's like, <laughs> you know, but it tricks you into thinking that you can reason with it. Right. It's a giant killer robot. Yeah. That passes the Turing test, basically. It passes the Turing test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's why. Steve, I think getting out of here is probably a good idea, you know, especially if you have like kids. Like, I, I'm not I, that worried because yeah, I don't have I mean, kids, but like, I mean, I, I, I keep, I keep thinking back, like, okay, what am I, what am I leave? Why am I leaving? And yeah, there's, there's a bunch of like, there are a bunch of pull reasons. Don't get me wrong, right? There are a lot of pull reasons, honestly. Every time I'm in Asia, it just, the vibe is different. Now, maybe that's because I have not like really quote unquote lived there. I've not really worked there. Who knows, right? You get familiarity breeds contempt on some level. But I think, okay, so before this recent explosion, I guess, no pun intended, of just chaos here, I think, you know, like I spent a lot of time thinking about this and I, I think it's basically like, I have seen, I've, look, I've been here for a long time. I have seen enough to know that the price of assimilation versus the value of the degree of assimilation that I'm going to get is not a price that I'm willing to pay. It is just, you get too little for what it costs you. And the things that it costs you, I think, are somewhat, to some degree, unpriceable, right? Like, it's not like a number of dollars, right? But this kind of, these are qualitative things. And to me, I just, it's, it's like, it's not even close. That's number one. And number two, now, like, I just outright see decay, sociopolitical decay. And I'm kind of... I, I think I, I think there's some sign in this, like the the people that I have talked to that I've told that like I I want to go, none of them are that surprised. Yeah, which, which really which which shocked me. I thought there would be a lot of people like what really why everything's great here. You you're doing so well here. You're like you've been here since you were like you know since since you're like a couple of years old. 
you are among the most assimilated. You're in Toronto. Toronto is one of the most, and legitimately, I love Toronto, right? You're in Toronto. Toronto is one of the most welcoming cities in the world. There's so many Asian people here. The food situation is great. Everything is great. Yes, but no, ever a lot, like almost everybody, like, okay, one person I told, um, and I, I sat down, you know, it, it was just like one of those crazy days at work or whatever, right? And and then I was like, hey, you know, uh, can I can I talk to you for a second? Do you have a Do you have a minute? I just need to like vent. And I sat down. We sat down in a room, and I just told her, I want to leave the country. And she was like, Yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and she was like, Me too. This person's not Asian. Not Asian person. Not Asian person. Hmm. She, and and she and she said like I if I could I would leave too. And well, she, did she give did she give reasons or very similar reasons, very very okay. similar. like like does she have an immigrant background or is she yes she's oh, okay. she, uh, she she's black immigrant like from Caribbean or something or Africa yeah, yeah. Caribbean yeah and she moved here when she was relatively young and she immediately understood and everything about it right and actually a lot of i thought the stuff that she was you know she went into a little bit of how she saw the situation and kind of the you know the path of assimilation and honestly a lot of those things were 100 percent analogous to the stuff that we would think of as as asian people right okay sure yeah oh, yeah i i told you i i had a nigerian coworker. yeah yeah who for the, kept thinking about taking his two kids back to uh, Nigeria because he was like they're going to grow up and not have any idea who they are. Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be. They're <laughs> going to they're gonna turn into yeah. just you know sort of Americans without you know a real sense of who they are because he's very Nigerian. You know, he's like yeah, he's, he's, he's African. He's African, and his kids will be African American. Yeah, and and he's like we're going to be we're we're not going to they're not going to understand me. I'm not going to understand them. So he's like well. I told him, look, man, I, I, I said, I, I think that you should take what you're thinking right now seriously. Like, I'm I'm not telling you what I think you should do. I That's your business. But I would say that you're on the right track because uh, growing up in America, um, <clears throat> dude, it, it's not for everyone. <laughs> I, I, you know, I personally liked growing up in America, and I, I wouldn't have it yeah, any other way. At that time, at that time, under those yeah. conditions. Yeah, at, at that, that time, time, under those conditions, yeah. Yeah, and I was in SoCal. Which is very, very different than ninety nine percent of the con- of, of the country. Yeah, right? I mean, where I grew up is um, not SoCal, yeah. but it's uh, like, it's the East Coast with enclaves and shit like that. It was um, the way I would describe where I grew up is that it was like it was truly diverse, and it it I think we you know this is the the surroundings I lived in really seemed to live up to what the described American ideals were. I, I, okay. I really got to say that um, it was pretty I, I, I could I could believe that. Like, you know. It was tolerant, multicultural, well-educated. Uh, people really believed, yeah. In the 90s, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, only, 90s, the only thing. Yeah. I'm serious. So the like, only thing that I wish uh, was, was. really great. The only thing that I wish was different about my childhood was I wish that I would have. I wish my parents would have taken me back to Asia more often, but also more on my terms, right? Because I remember the the only times we went back, it was such a fucking slog and they never planned anything fun. It was just me like literally just sitting in a room for hours. Like visiting relatives that you don't know. That I don't know. And yeah. it was just oh, so fucking incredibly painful. Exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. And I was like, why did you even do, you know, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, so I, I wish I wish they would have set that up a little bit better. But other than that. No one knew what to do with you. You were just yeah, that American kid sitting here. Going, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You can't speak the language. You, know, you didn't like cousins exactly. and shit that would take you out or. No, I, I did. But dude, my parents were just not there. They. My parents Where have a very, very... The other thing is that China just might have sucked at that time. There might have been it, well, literally it, nothing it, to do. Kind of. Well, so the first time I went, I was like 11 years old, and I could still speak Chinese. And by the end of, the, by the end of that first trip, I, I, I vastly improved my, my Chinese, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it would have been fine. Like if they were like, okay, you're just going to be here for the entire summer, it would have been totally fine. Like I would have had a great time. But we immediately went back and then... Like didn't go back for a few years, and then the next time we went back, 
all my language skills have atrophied. Yeah, see, like, and, I, I, and like they, no, nothing fun was planned. We didn't do anything fun. Like it was just if, boring if, if, ass. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Now I'm just ranting. No, you know I, wait, I mean. wait, by the way, uh, we're at an hour for it. Let's let should we uh, transition to the uh, bonus? Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, right. just bonus I just ordered right. pizza because I, I feel like yeah, we're gonna be going. Oh, you're in bachelor mode now. Yeah. yeah just ordering pizza and shit. All right. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> well, it's the only thing I could order, like, right now. <laughs> All right. I'll wait for your pizza. This has been your free episode. If you want to um, <clears throat> listen to the bonus, the, the uh, bonus episodes are on the uh, Patreon feed. Go to patreon.com slash planning mag if you want to support.